This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Welcome back. It's Friday. I don't know if most of the people listening would know that. You know, I was looking yesterday that the the average peak time of the podcast listens is a year later. I, I look at that. I don't know how it happens. I'm thinking to myself, who in God's name would want to go back and listen to a, a year old podcast? Now, sometimes I think there's some some nuggets in there, some things worth listening to. You know, you could do like a best of. I've had a couple of zingers out there from time to time, but I, I'm like going back and listening to the Christopher Scott show a year later. What's wrong with you people? I mean, keep doing it, I guess. I mean, if that's what, if anybody listening can comment on that, I'd be thrilled to hear from you. I have another theory. I have another theory. I don't even know if I want to say it. I start to wonder how many of these download numbers are even real. I could go into the details of that, but you never really know. You don't know if somebody clicked on it and listened for 30 seconds or they listened to the whole thing. With podcasts, it, it doesn't work that way. You're, you're getting an RSS feed that the, the click-through is the click-through. At least I think. I don't know. Maybe somebody else can explain it to me better. But I start to wonder how many are actual real listeners. I don't know. We may never know. Uh, the answers to these questions. I talked about a few things yesterday. I wanted to pick up a little bit where I left off. One was we were talking about taxes and this uh, this Trump scandal with the CEO going to Rikers Island. It's a nasty place to go. I'm sure it'll be held up somewhere nicely. But just to have to be at that facility, wow, guy of that stature doing that to him. I, I find it uh, – a bit distasteful to say the least based on the circumstances. But as I mentioned, I'm not a fan of uh, cheating on your taxes. I wanted to share this little story with you just to tell you what it's like in business uh, when you got the Gestapo watching after you. You know, people complain about businesses, and there's a lot that you could say there, and there's got to be a balance. Well, anyway, one of our businesses was a self storage business. And it's really a phenomenal business if you know anything about it. It's a great real estate business. We had a uh, a piece of a warehouse that we weren't using, and we converted it to self-storage, indoor, climate-controlled, and it's really a very, very nice business. That's really where we, we made our money, so to speak. Uh, the real estate, it's a grind. You know, you make your payments, you pay down on the debt, you take care of the place, and the money's gone, basically. You pay it off and take care of it, and the money's gone. You might eke out a little management fee here and there, which we did. It was a sizable property. We made a little money, but it's really that storage business. There's no debt on that business. And it really didn't have much overhead to speak of. And so we really had a great time with it. It was really pretty easy to run. Not, uh, you know, problem-free, but great business. I recommend it if you can get into it. Like anything, it's better to know what you're doing. Uh, but anyway, we started it uh, from the ground up and, and filled it up quickly. And uh, it was a business I enjoyed being a part of. Well, 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 well. When we went to sell, uh, and I think it was actually prior to that, we were getting some notices from the state of Pennsylvania that we hadn't paid sales tax. And we had ignored it thinking that they sent us this thinking we were like selling boxes and moving supplies and things, which we didn't. And so we just kind of ignored it. Well, this went on for maybe a year or so, whatever length of time. 
And finally, at some point, we're like, you know, we're going to send this over to our accountant. We're constantly getting notices. This is what I want to tell you, too. You could blame us. I'll just tell you this. We had a CPA handling everything. You know, it's not like it's not like we were doing this on the back of a napkin or, you know, stuffing receipts in a, in a box. It wasn't like that. It was very sophisticated. Everything run off of a, of a QuickBook system. Everything detailed very importantly, very carefully. Not super sophisticated, but... Um, you know, not a ragtag operation is what I'm trying to tell you. And we had professional help, right? So we get this notice, you're not paying sales tax. We're like, well, we, you know, we're doing everything right. We don't have anything to worry about. We still constantly started to say we still constantly got notices. Uh, you know, four different companies, three different businesses, really, and four separate tax returns in addition to our personal. And I never understood any of it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I never touched the money. My business partner always did that. They always did the filing. Of course, I looked over it. Of course, I had an opportunity to send it and have my own separate CPA. But you know, I had to trust people on some level. You send it in. The IRS accept them. Well, anyway, uh, no problems with the income taxes or anything like that. But here's the story I wanted to tell you. We get this notice from Pennsylvania. Well, here Pennsylvania has a law that you have to pay sales tax on self storage income which is relatively rare, I believe. Either way, we didn't know. You know, now it was a new business to us. We're real estate construction guys, got into this real estate. Uh, So these are the dumb taxes that you pay. But, you know, we're thinking, man, you know, first of all, this took years. We had been running the business for like 10 years now, by the way. And we're doing the math on this. We're like, oh, boy. Uh, We were able to settle the matter for, for quite a bit less. The final bill... It was $60,000 in back taxes from a mistake. Whose mistake? We end up getting hit with it. You know, we're the ones that got to deal with it ultimately. As it should, it was our burden to bear. But at the wrong time, you're trying to refinance a loan and that pops up and you don't have the cash. Guess what? You got a real problem. And the average, you know, working stiff, average Joe has no clue about this stuff, how difficult it is, and the challenge. Imagine coming home, honey, what's wrong? I just found out we owe $60,000 that I wasn't aware of. I mean, this is a lot of money for somebody like me. I don't know. Maybe you throw around sixty grand; it's no big deal. $60,000. So what, what do you say? We, we, we're like the uh, the tax uh, you know, culprits here. I should be in jail. I mean, we paid it. We paid the money. The CPA got paid, the government got paid, and we got screwed. Does that sound familiar? So anyway, don't expect me to get all over Wasserman and the Trump organization because they gave this guy an apartment in the building like they do to any other real estate investor does. Been going on for years. You know, how can you say that that's illegal, that I can't sleep in my own building? Oh, no, that's a tax. <laughs> You know, let alone uh, th- that that tax bill, by the way, for the, the $60,000 in sales tax, you know, was on top of a, a real estate tax bill that was about $60,000 a year just for that property. Uh, you know, all of the, the income taxes paid and all of the sales taxes on everything we bought. And you say, well, that's what it means to be in business. Indeed. Indeed. But when the government is taking in $18,000, the federal government alone, 
last year, the fiscal year ended in July, record, $12,000, just federal, $12,000 for every man, woman, and child in the country. And you say, well, I'm not paying that much in taxes. Many people aren't, but you're still paying it. When, when, when we're renting out storage and we're paying all these costs, where do you think it gets, gets added in? They say, well, the companies would be charging that much even if you didn't tax it. <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure about that. I wouldn't be so sure at all. Matter of fact, you'd be shocked at how low that, that was a beautiful business. And I don't know, what was the profit margins on that? I think the net profit was like 12, 15 percent. That's the, incredible, incredible profit on a business like that. You rarely see those kind of margins. But the government, oh, and you don't think that them hiring 87,000 new agents, oh, no, they're going to go after the rich people. Okay. Well, <laughs> that would be me. I didn't feel very rich when I was trying to figure out how I was going to come up with the $60,000 so I could sell the doggone thing. You know, the stuff never comes at the right time. You say, well, that's what it's like to be in business. If you're going to make money, you're going to have to pay the taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Now, let's put you at the front of that check for a little while and and see if maybe people would do it differently. Look, here's a a simple exercise I tell you. Add up your real estate tax, very simple, and, and your income tax, and look at those. just that number. Between those two, what you're paying out. Tell me it's not the biggest expense that you have. i got something in my eye here if I sound like I'm being a little funny. I don't know, a piece of dust or something. I'm getting poisoned by the, well, I don't think it would be the Russians. Who would be poisoning me? I've never really trashed another country, have I? Trying to think. I'm sure I have. I haven't really left a lot. <laughs> I haven't left a lot that I haven't trashed in one way or the other. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to start being a lot more serious. And a lot more polite. You, this this podcast is going full on serious and polite starting Monday. This podcast, we're still going to have a little fun. But starting Monday, we're just going to go all business, all right? Anyway, I mentioned yesterday uh, email from our buddy Isaac. Thank you for the email from New York City. And he was asking about the, what's going on with New York City, the emergency management department there putting out a public uh, service announcement on how to survive a nuclear attack. Well, then I saw this today from the Times of India. Nuclear drill in Ukraine to prepare for all scenarios, including nuclear war. Amid shelling of the Zaporozhia? Anybody know how to say that? Zaporozhia? I I have no idea. There's a lot of H's in that word. Nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia. This is probably getting said all over the news. You can tell I don't watch the news, so I don't know. Uh, so Isaac says, you know, what's the what's the deal with this uh, nuclear war preparation in New York? Are they concerned about an attack? Who would it be from? Um, yeah, who knows? You know, thanks for the email, Isaac. I appreciate the emails. Been a little slow on the emails lately. I know everybody's enjoying their summer. It's okay. It's okay. I don't need to get everybody all riled up, but I do like to hear from you. So, I, you know, if, the, if there is going to be a nuclear war, they're going to hit the cities first, likely. And I would say the first the best thing that people can know and understand, there's maps. You'd have to look around online, but they'll tell you if you're within the, like, the strike zone. They know these things. Amazing, right? So are we here? I think we're on the edge. We're on the edge where I live, Philadelphia. And so, we, you know, the point about that is where I'm at, on the edge, we would want to get out of here. So depending on what 
transpired, right? If uh, you know, we're prepared for as much as we can in many ways. Uh, you know, food, lighting. You've heard me talk about this. I'm not going to go back through it. The best way to learn about it is to get the book Hope for Survival at hopeforsurvival.com. And uh, he goes into preparation in more detail, though. You'll learn a lot from it. It's really what got me into it. And uh, it's something that brings you great peace of mind. But one of the things I did is I looked on the map. Where do, where do we follow this? So with that information, so if you get if it's a you know, uh, bomb has been dropped, I think, and I haven't looked into this a lot, uh, maybe we should, but I think you want to basically get underground if you can and protect yourself from the blast is going to be the key. And then from there, you want to kind of stay there as long as you can, can hold out to allow the nuclear fallout to dissipate. And then from there, you better know where you're going. And depending on, you know, say you survive, you know, where everything's destroyed uh, emotionally, mentally, and physically, you've got to be prepared for all that. That's the, that's the key. I mean, if you get wiped out, you get wiped out. There's no point in any of this discussion. But, you know, you look at people who are not taking care of themselves, likely overweight. I mean, this is most people in America. I'm carrying around a few extra pounds, too. I'm not judging. I'm just saying I could walk 20 miles if I had to. I could walk a lot further if I had to. And you say, well, I could, too, if I had to. Yeah? Well, what if you just start climbing over stuff, and now you're already tired, you're fatigued, you're not prepared at all, and you're just going to go walk 20 miles. You have no idea what you're talking about. You'll be dead. Under the right conditions, people die in two, three, five miles from their house. It's amazing, really. So you got to be prepared for those things just at the basic level. And from there, I mean, for us, it's just it, whatever warning we would get, we would want to get out of here. Just get as far away as possible, as quickly as possible. And there's a lot of variables in that. You know, if we happen to be up late at night and we hear, hey, boom, they're expecting a nuclear attack, I would get my where I'm at right now. I would want to get my family as far away from here as possible because, you know, where we're at on the edge of the strike zone, you know, 15 miles could mean surviving or not, right? You don't know. So, and I, we're like in the, we're not in the, you know, down building. Like we would, you know, could have some down damaged buildings in our area, right? But that's kind of where we're at. So you'd want to get get a little further away. I prepare myself. We have uh, get-home bags in the cars that we could use to get out. You know, if we if we had a moment, it's like you need to go grab what you can. You know, I would grab a jacket and a wool blanket, and I'd probably I have a, my my lawn cart. It's like a heavy-duty car. I'd probably just chuck a bunch of stuff in there and, and go. If I could take the car, I would take the car. Obviously, just chuck that stuff in there. We could be out of here in five minutes and have a a nice stock with us that we could easily last a week without any anything outside. And if I had a couple of minutes, I could go a lot longer. I'd probably just do that. Boom. Dump everything in there and haul out of here as fast as possible. Hope for the best. Uh, I should probably do a better job planning from there. I don't know. Listen, I'm not too in, in over the deep, but I would say to you to give it some thought. You know, whatever you're sitting around drinking your favorite beverage or taking a break from your favorite book or whatever you do with your free time when you're just contemplating, contemplate yourself a little uh, survival scenario. How many people, you live in New York City, have you looked, you know, do you know where all the exits are? Would you know if there was a nuclear block? I want to go to that exit and I want to head that direction. I would, you know, it would be the kind of stuff I look at. I could tell you a lot of stories in that regard. Uh, but they're, they're doing it. Are they using it just to try and frighten people? Well, hmm. 
Government does a good job of that automatically, whether it's on purpose or not. That's the big story. But I, I, I do take it seriously, even for us. The CDC will be happy to hear plans an ambitious overhaul in an effort to address COVID missteps. I can't wait. To, what, what's the overhaul going to be? Armed CDC agents? Yearly, yearly vaccine audits? I mean, how much worse could it get, really? With Biden and Kamala at the helm, who knows what's possible, really? Elon was talking about purchasing the Glazers, a soccer team, right? Stock goes up. The, the Securities Exchange Commission freaks out. Ah, he can't say that. <laughs> man, oh, man. You can't say anything. Oh, yeah, free speech. Show me the evidence of free speech. I kid you not. Tell me. I'll give you a bag of donuts, and I'll mention your name on the podcast. You tell me what speech is free. You can say, screw Trump. That's perfectly free to say that. FBI interviewed top White House lawyers about the missing Trump documents. You know what that story is? Nothing. Trump threatening payback for Mar-a-Lago. What did he say? Mar-a-Lago? How do you say it? Somebody help me out with that. Mar-a-Lago? Mar-a-Lago. Is it two different places? Is Mar-a-Lago somewhere else, or am I just making that up? I don't know. Either way, let's stick to the top again. What did he say? He said, uh, uh, he doesn't have it here. I don't know, but he said something along the lines of uh, there will be payback if, if we win. Threatening payback if he retakes the White House. What's the exact words? I want the exact words. I don't take any of this stuff for, for uh Argues the FBI search of Trump's Palm Beach Mar-a-Lago could set off a toxic cycle of reprisal and escalation once Republicans get into the power. Yeah. And, you know, let me tell you a little conversation I was having uh, yesterday. I was opening a bank account for the campaign uh, for um, uh, Nancy, as you know, is Nancy Price running for um, this congressional seat. And uh, nancypa.com, if you're interested in checking out more. Uh, So I go to open the bank account yesterday as I'm serving as the treasurer, which I'm fascinated to do. And I had a very lovely conversation with the woman helping me. And it was, uh, we got a little political, obviously, because they're opening a campaign account. And it turns out she's uh, more liberal leaning, but really very common sense. Really didn't get anything deep either. And she said, you know, a couple of things that she said that stuck out to me. She said, you know, I like conversations like this. And I was kind of laughing inside. I'm like, I didn't even give you anything to chew on, lady. You know, <laughs> I didn't say anything. You know, I didn't get into the taxes. I didn't. I got into a little bit the, the uh, Shapiro suing to force uh, the, the, the uh, nuns to pay for abortion. I don't think she liked that. And here's the other thing, by the way. Uh, she. This is what I thought was key. She said, um, she said uh, what did she say? America... America America needs to take a break, but she said it a different way. You know, basically take a pause. And she's like, you know, we need to move on, all this fighting. Sick of the fighting. And that was popular in the past. And so, all right, everybody's just tired of the bickering. Everything is so rancid. But let me tell you something. I'm fine with that. I don't disagree. But these old hags that are taking over our government need to get out. All of them from both parties. All the, it's all these old hag white people. I don't know. Maybe it'll be old hag black people in a few years. But right now, it's old hag white people. 
What the hell has Nancy Pelosi done for anybody anywhere? What has she built? What has she made? What has she done in any tangible way to help anybody with anything? Biden, Sanders, Trump. You know, the criticism of Trump. Uh, you know, all this, you know, he raked in a fortune off this Mar-a-Lago story. Oh, yeah, he's turned into a great business opportunity. God bless him. Just to better pay the bright taxes on it. And people are asking, is it, what's he doing to help the people that are locked up from January 6th? Uh, he can't help them. They say, oh, no, he'll do a lot more if he gets in. No, give him pardons. <laughs> is that right? I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe he will. But he's really bent over a barrel because a lot of people aren't happy, whether they're convinced by the media or not. It's wrong what's happening to those people. And it's kind of wrong, in my opinion, that he's turned his back on them. Completely turned his back on them. Not even a mention. Or politically, it wouldn't be very good. Okay. Politically, it wouldn't be very good. You're going to go search Biden's house. What does that do for me, the taxpayer, while you two are having your little circle jerk, your little power struggle going? I don't really care. You know, it makes me lose faith in the whole thing when I back up and I look at everything going on. I I don't think I mentioned this. Do you know that the the, the Build Back Better nonsense bill that Biden just signed, the, the Inflation Scam Act, do you know that included in that law... I haven't had a chance to check this out, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's a very, very you know, reliable source. That in that bill was the largest oil and gas lease ever signed off on in the history of the country without any environmental audit. They blew right through that process, signed it in the law. Isn't that exactly what Republicans wanted? That's why Manchin signed off. That's why gas was going down preemptively. They didn't even tell us. Biden couldn't tell us because politically it would kill him with the progressives, and he just bought off the Republican establishment. So now you got Biden ahead two to one against Trump. That was the political deal of the century. Everybody got screwed. Gas is going up. The oil companies are going to make more money. The government's going to collect more tax revenue. And you'll be happy because you know why? They'll tell you they reduced the cost of gas for you, right? Oh, remember when gas was five when we got that down to four? No, it was two. <laughs> We're paying double. Or, well, looking at it through the fiscal, it's complicated. You don't understand. Yeah. Well, it's not complicated. I don't understand that my wallet's a lot emptier than it was. I don't need to do a lot of trigonometry to see that. Uh, getting myself worked up. Why, I ask? Why do I get worked up? What difference does it make? What difference does it make? We all know that famous line from the, the wicked witch of, uh, where were they from? Those two hillbillies? How the hell did that ever happen? You look at this stuff, you've got to ask yourself, we're supposed to be the greatest democracy, the greatest republic. We sure don't get the greatest political leaders. What would it take to actually have somebody that, with a strength of character, a presence of mind, actually do good things? It's amazing. The framework, the resources we have in this country, what could be done? What could be done if we could stop fighting with each other? You know, the problem with that, well, let's just move on. Yeah, because nothing ever gets resolved. Right? And you say, let's just move on. But tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and there's going to be some loony out there going, I feel like a girl and I want my own bathroom. And either give it to me or I'm going to sue. And then you sue, and they settle. You're like, well, how the hell did we end up with three bathrooms? By the way, the school needs a new renovation. It's going to be 60. Well, our high school, uh, not here, close by, what did they say? $600 million renovation. 
$600 million. Where's that money coming from? Amazing. I saw a report they did on how, how the schools spent the, uh, the PPP money. The PPP. That was money. That was money that Trump doled out. Don't ever forget that either. Everybody's like, oh, Biden, inflation. Really? But the, the couple of trillion that Trump burned through in PP loans that, that largely went to wealthy people that weren't paid back, that's nah, what's the big deal. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody getting ahead is screwing somebody. It seems seems like the only way to get ahead is is to is to steal it from somebody else. Sickening, really. And they print off all this money. Well, let's just move on. Yeah, tell that to your kids when they're paying back all this money. They went to the Kardashians and all these other people. That's how Trump handled the pandemic. We're going to write a very large check because that's all the government knows how to do is write checks. Ah, it's Friday. What the hell are you so riled up about? The New York Times uh, asked TikTok to center, center, censor Americans. Get the hell off of TikTok. There's another one I questioned the views. Somebody was telling me, I think it was uh, John Nance, the author I interviewed there. Uh, thanks for all the compliments and feedback on the interview, but not. I don't think anybody mentioned the thing about it. Did you guys not like that? You want me to do any more interviews? I want to do some more interviews. I thought it would be good. It would be a good switch up. Wait, do I read it wrong? I don't know. Let me know what you think. But anyway, he was telling me uh, he's got some TikTok videos. And he said, I'm like, oh, God, how can you be on TikTok? But anyway, it's got like 3 million views. So I'm looking at, I looked around at how TikTok, I'm not on TikTok and I won't be, but I looked around at how it works. And I'm like, these videos are just all kind of playing. It's like mass sensory overload. I'm like, dude, people aren't watch actually watching all this stuff. It's you know what it's TikTok is like just perpetually flipping through the stations. That's really what social media is. And just what's doing to people? My mother, my, if my mother could have known the damage that was going to be created by these little screens. She warned of the dangers of TV. Get away from that boob tube. It's rotting your brain. And now people walk around with them tied to their face. Can't get enough of it. First thing when they wake up in the morning. Good morning, honey. Nope. Email. You've got mail. Remember those days? That's where it all started. Boy, we've come a long way. Come a real long way. Uh, Anyway, New York Times asking TikTok to censor Americans. Well, they act like the big deal is the, the involvement of TikTok. I'd say it's the involvement of the New York Times that I find a little more concerning. Uh, I thought this was good. I found on Gab. Kind of ties in with my thoughts about the moving on comment. Notice how it's always on you to calm things down. Just tear down this statue so things will calm down. Just dump Trump so things can calm down. Stop criticizing the FBI and things will calm down. Recognize this communist tactic for what it is and you cannot unsee it. Yeah, they turn it around and blame you. It's very destructive. It's, uh, it's morally wrong. should be illegal. So, you know, of course, Trump's still all over the news and the media is spinning it as best they can. Negative, negative, negative. I think it was, uh, what's his name, Carville? That his name, you know, what I'm talking about the political uh, strategist. I can't stand the guy. He looks like the spawn of Satan. But 
He's one of those people that you probably don't want to ignore. Well, he made a good statement. Let's see if I can remember here. He said, um, he said the problem with the Republicans is that they, they always put crappy candidates in the primaries. And I'll have to tell you, and you know this from what I've spoken about, I might find myself utterly disgusted at the way the Republicans handle the primaries. And it's really true. And it is the complaint. You put people in. The country's been voting Republican forever now. And look at what's happened. And I think that there's people that are smart and they're like, you know what, let's just try something different. And they're just going Democrat because they're like, this Republican nonsense doesn't make sense. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. We will see what happens at this point. Case in point, Dr. Oz. That guy is no Republican. Kathy Barnett was. And they squeezed her out. She was a true conservative. Uh, Anyway, Trump's all over in the news. The judge agreed to uh, unseal part of the affidavit. You know, so Trump, of course, wants to play this FBI raid story to death. And I I don't know if that's a good idea at this point, but uh, he would know better than me in terms of the tag. Guess just keep hammering, hammering, hammering. And keep pushing it. It definitely seems to have helped them politically. The numbers don't lie. It raised a lot of money. So did um, Oz's uh, uh, opposition here, though. It fueled both. It fueled the Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, and it fueled Trump for president nationally. What are we getting out of it? What are the poor schmucks rotting in jail down in, uh, in, in Washington right now? Nothing. Uh, Cheney spanked and sent home to daddy. (laughs) Hageman won by 37 points. Well, I don't know if they've counted all the mail in yet. I don't expect that in Wyoming. It's a bit of a message sent there, but not too much because the rest of the country is like, eh, bunch of cowboys out there don't know nothing. Hillbillies out in Wyoming, what do they know? I think people are going to soon find out. We will soon find out. We're going to find out what the country has, what the country wants, and what the country can do. We're going to find out very soon. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Republicans in Congress violated conflict of interest interest law and transparency law. I think it has to do with stock trades, and they're hitting some Democrats as well. Long overdue. They've all been doing it. So this is the reality. At least on the Republican side, the party henpicks who they can control and who's going to raise the most money for the party. That's what gets it done. That's all they care about. Don't make too many waves. Bring in the most money for the party. And they're going to basically move you through the primary process. Then once you get in office, all you need to do is focus on making money. And you can do that in a variety of ways. Book deals, speaking deals, insider training, just to name a few. And just as long as you keep your mouth shut and you keep raising money for the party, and the two might go hand in hand, right? Because uh, as you're doing the you know insider trading, you're making connections with other insider traders, and perhaps they'd like to to contribute to your political campaign. They can con- continue to benefit from the insider part of the insider training, if you know what I mean. And so the people just get screwed over and over again, and people don't see it. You know, and you say, well, what difference does it make then? You know, we got to keep working. We got to work to get good people and at least get the best that we can. The whole thing just fall apart overnight, I guess. Uh, 
conservative media executives, executive panicking, uh, DOG on three big, oh, yes, I read this wrong. So the DOJ has been called out on three big lies. What were the three big lies? I could look it up here. The article's right here if you want to check it out. Uh, that it was urgent that they go in when they waited a year and a half and then a few days after the warrant. So there's, there seems to be no credibility to that. Uh, I mean, what's the story going to be that somebody inside Trump's inner circle went to? I think the allegation now is that it was Jared Kushner. I say they did it on purpose. He was like, Jared, go tell the FBI that I've got nuclear codes down here and see if they'll fall for it. Wasn't he talking to them? I think he was. Wouldn't that be hilarious if they pulled a big fugazi on the FBI? Like, you idiots. Absolute fools. Sitting there scratching their heads wondering what went wrong. Anyway, the three lies that they're being called out on, one being uh, that, that it wasn't urgent. Uh, I forget the other two now. Trump wasn't allowed when it, it seems clear that he was. Who knows? Just the interesting conspiracy theory that I concocted. I have no evidence to support as much, just out of fairness there. Maybe getting all crazy on me. Anyway, I don't know if the DOG is panicking over this uncovering of these... Uh, these parts of the story that aren't adding up. What's the other ones here? Let me not be so sloppy. I know it's Friday, but you can't screw off forever. Uh, is it here uh, first? Garland claimed the warrant was narrow. That was a lie. Then Garland claimed the DOJ would only speak through court filings. That was a lie. As those leaks prove, and the DOJ claimed the raid was urgent, as I already discussed. There's the three. It was narrow. It wasn't. It was broad. It was very, and that makes all the difference in the world. They said, like, we're going in for nuclear codes that are in box 23. That's one thing. That's not what they did. They took all this stuff all crazy and did a lot of damage in the process. Very foolish, in my opinion. I don't know. Why, and the, the whole Melania closed thing, I think that was probably a – that was the part that led me to believe like, something's off here. Like, why would the FBI be so sloppy to do that? I mean, it's just brazenly disrespectful, right? And you would think that – it's just I just couldn't see it happening. And so I thought to myself, there's a chance that they are set up. <laughs> it's fantastic. Donald Trump Jr. giving a warning from the, from the Mar-a-Lago search. Yeah, listen, it is a big warning. Um, what is this? False flag exposed. Let me share this with you, and I'll tell you why it should be a warning. The Biden regime planning civil war to justify U.N. troops to occupy and disarm America. Biden administration, this is from News Punch, all right? Um, This is what you would call conspiracy theory stuff because there's no real tangible evidence to prove this. However, it doesn't mean that it's not possible. Let me just tell you what's being said, and then I'll tell you what I think, all right? Biden administration plotting a false flag civil war in America's part. Well, I'll just tell you. Uh, I think that they already did. It's already happening. You know, they're just waiting for one to pop. What am I talking about? The uh, Michigan governor story. Are you following what's going on with that? That the FBI set it up, planted agents, had those agents encourage. Uh, I mean, it was entrapment to the nth degree if you look into the facts of it. What a joke. What were they inciting? What was the purpose of that? Nobody's even, why isn't the FBI under investigation right now for these shenanigans? Nobody's even bringing it up. Where are the Republicans? Well, they're busy making their insider trades. They don't care. 
got other things to do. So first of all, I, I think the plan is already underway. Will they ratchet it up? More than likely. What did you call them? The Black Lives Matter and Antifa attacks on our cities. Well, that wasn't the Civil War. What do you think that happened during the Civil War? I don't, was this our Civil War? Was, it, was there like a battle launch to that? But it was all skirmishes, you know, fighting here and there for the most part. Not completely. I don't know my Civil War history that great. There were major battles for sure. But my point is that the whole country was, was a mess. Now, that gets to the other point about this idea of bringing in U.N. forces into the United States. I, I don't see that. This idea that, oh, what do you think they're hiring 87,000 IRS agents? Well, they're going to have to do this pretty quickly. That, that done by the midterms or even within two years, they're going to bring in 87,000 agents and recruit and train a little army right under everybody's noses and do it in record time. Well, okay. I mean, you know, it's possible. Anything's possible. I don't see why they would have to do any of that. I don't see why the U.N. becomes part of it. Do it with the, their own military. Maybe under a U.N. command. It wouldn't surprise me. Canada. We'll hope. I think they offered that with the riot. So I think the plan is already underway. I just don't think it's going to play. I don't think you're going to wake up and we go, civil war has begun. I don't think it's going to happen like that. I, I mean, I could be wrong. It could happen. But I don't think you're going to see that like that. This continued slow degradation, this misleading, and it's like the, the frog in the water, which is a fake story, by the way, but the concept is, you know, you try to throw a frog in boil, boiling water, it's going to jump right out. You put the frog in the water and you slowly turn it up, they never know what happened. I think that's what's happening. I think we're already firmly in a war. This stuff that the, people are arguing over, and you're just going to be like, hold on, what the hell's really going on here? Like the transgender thing. Oh, no, a modern society should have multiple genders. Yeah. Hmm. Because there's a lot of philosophy on that going back hundreds of years. You know, we believe in equal rights for all and everyone must live together. This is totally new, by the way, and it's been broken down before. The whole concept of this, you know, one fluid society. We're tribal creatures. Now, could that be? could that change? I would imagine that it could. But I don't think the way people think. So I think we're already in a civil war. I think it's only going to get worse. Do you need to be careful? I would say plan accordingly. You know, I really can't speak to what you should do to plan for it because uh, everybody's at a different point in their life. You know, if you're a young person looking to raise a family, you've know, you got to focus on your finances and your career and, and getting yourself into some real estate. If you're getting a little older like me and you know, you're not planning on having any more children and you have your house and things like that, kind of done what I wanted to do, you know, doing a different kind of planning, kind of riding into the sunset, so to speak. Anyway, what will it look like? I don't know. Prepare yourself emotionally, spiritually, practically. Prepare your family. You know, I, I wouldn't go nuts with it. You know, it's not like we're Saturday night we're out here doing, you know, rescue drills and stuff. We only do that on the weeknights. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, we're not doing that kind of stuff. I don't have a bunker. But I don't know why it would be so strange that you would invest time in making sure that your household is prepared for basic emergencies. Here's good government for you. I'll leave you with this on this Friday. Japan launches a contest to urge young people to drink more alcohol. I'll tell you what, I think at that point you have to say that the government is firmly against the people. Why would you do that? Really amazing when you think about the destructive capability of government. And you know what the reason is? They need the tax revenue. God willing, I'll be back on Monday. Hope to see you there. Make it a great weekend. 